Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is... At Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. We're going to have a great show today. Yes, we're going to touch on Russia, but we're not only going to talk about Russia. Middle class America, poor America, uh, uh, working class America, believe me, they don't need to simply hear about Russia, because I tell you what, which I, I started on a program on KPFT 9.1 earlier this week. So Trump gets impeached. So Trump gets thrown out. Or so Trump stays. Please tell me. And I had some objectors to this point of view, because I don't think they understand exactly what I'm saying here. The Trump issue or the Russia issue is important. It is very important. It actually uh, is it could possibly be treasonous. It could possibly be simply and entirely a very corrupt issue. But should we, should we go ahead and spend our entire voices, our entire time on this Russia issue when we know that there are a lot of things going on behind the scenes right now that will have a material impact on our fellow citizens. Uh, Christy, I hope the feed has gotten better because so far I'm seeing that it's okay. Let me know if it came back from being frozen. Uh, maybe your, your side, I don't know. But anyhow, we must, we must realize that there are other issues here that are afflicting other people. But before I get into the program, I saw a blog, a, a Facebook post today that, that concerned me a bit. A friend of mine uh, from uh, where, you know, this is a coffee party network that we're doing politics done right on, had a post that said, uh, I don't remember exactly everything that it said, but it, it said, should, uh, she, she spoke to some people, immigrants, and in effect, they threw their hands up in the air and they said, oh, where we're from, things can be a lot worse. Uh, that, uh, you know, in, in, in other words, maybe this, the things that are going on in the United States aren't that bad. A lot of immigrants have had it worse. And that's true. I'm an immigrant. I came from Central America, and yes, it is true that a lot of things are worse there, but most of us who came to the United States of America came because of what America, to us, as we saw it, as it was marketed, what it meant to be American, American values, et cetera, and those are the values that we wanted to come here and adapt, come here and not only adapt, but make better, because we also saw the things that America did outside of the United States. Okay, so in other words, we came here to to be a part of this 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 place, but also to make it better, not not to anything else to make it better. But she said, what do we do 
it, it, it kind of disappointed her, and it said, what do we do to bring back integrity to our government or bring back integrity to our system? To which I wanted to answer, and I think I did say it in the reply that I gave is, you have to make the assumption, first of all, that we had at some time a whole lot more integrity than we had now in our government. And I think it is important for us to understand understand several realities, okay? First of all, uh, the, the founding fathers did a great job in, in writing a document to express liberties, to express freedoms, to express the ability for prosperity, but they did that for a select few. If you are within that select few, that's the best thing since apple pie. But please do not ask others who had to fight, who had to fight for getting their own rights. I'm talking about women. I'm talking about the natives. I'm talking about the Chinese. I'm talking about black people. I'm talking about all these other people who the Constitution originally were not, was not written for. And so whenever you are out there preaching glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, America, which we all are here to make this place better, it is important to be cognizant that what America may mean to one person because they have always lived the freedom of America does not mean the same to the vast majority of Americans at all. Most people simply are quiet when these types of things are discussed, but it is my view that we should stop being quiet about issues because that quietness is what really affects our communication today. It's the reasons we still have uh, racial problems. It's the reasons we still have sexist problems is the reason we still have xenophobic problems because we are afraid to buck the system because we're afraid to make corrections without being concerned about people thinking oh he said this about america he is unpatriotic absolutely not the most patriotic thing anybody could do whatever country they're in is to sit there point out its faults but not just talk about its faults, but work towards making it a better place. Because that is what patriotism really means. I, I sit back and not concentrate on how great the founding fathers was. I have no interest in that. The founding fathers made the compromise that I was three-fifths of a person. So tell me, should I be uh, praising these guys? Should I say, well, they had to make a compromise and I was the compromise? No, I am sorry. Uh, Just like a civil war was fought several years later, if we wanted a true document, maybe a civil war should have, not a civil war then because it wasn't that then, but just maybe then that should have happened. So anyhow, I just wanted to get into that because America has not lost integrity in in the scope of things, okay? Let's be clear here. Trump is a bad man. Trump is an evil man. Trump is, uh, Trump is terrible. Uh, he cares about nobody but himself. But Trump was not the only president that was that way. And Trump is not the worst person in the world. And Trump doesn't have all the power in the world unless we give him all the power in the world. 
So I don't want us to hyperventilate thinking this guy is somehow, yes, he's bad. Yes, he could be an existential problem. But there's one thing in between him and that existential problem, and that is us. Okay, that is us. Now, moving forward, what are we going to talk about today? I call the, the program today America's Self-Proclaimed Patriots or Silent and Must Pay For It. So I wasn't going to talk too much about Russia, but we're going to start with, with Russia. This, uh, this came from uh, Paul Krugman, who spoke a bit. And in Paul Krugman, on the way, I think he was a bit too pessimistic in his prose. And in one area, a little bit too optimistic. I like the idea of being even keel. So that what we do is simply analyze what's in front of us and take charge of doing what needs to be done to make it better to move forward. So anyhow, I promise going forward, I'll not be dedicating most of my blogging time on the likely Trump-Russia corrupt entanglement. Bloggers neither have the resources nor the avenues for that type of required investigative research. We don't. I mean, we can pick up stuff from New York Times and everything else, and we can try to validate them where sometimes they are a little bit laxed. But what they do, the investigative departments of the Times, the Newsweek, Vox, and all these other places that have a capital, we are going to depend on these guys to really get to the bottom of several things with Trump. We have to deal with that. As far as the government is concerned, we cannot have too much trust in the government working at this point in time, because even though the career politicians are going to, or the career employees of the government are likely going to do their jobs, they're frozen by the political leadership. So don't expect a whole lot much, in my humble opinion, unless, unless the mainstream media and investigative media, I shouldn't say mainstream, but investigative media, break something that forces their hands. Hence, the title of the show again today is America's Self-Proclaimed Patriots are Silent and Must Pay for It. In other words, right now, our self-proclaimed patriots, the Republicans, are doing very, very, very little to try to get to the bottom of this. What I will do myself as a blogger, as a uh, radio show host where applicable, is to continue to share new information in, in all of my spheres of influence, which also should be what you do to share things in your sphere of influence. I've always told people to share these, these videos, to share these podcasts, to share these programs, to share these posts, because we don't have enough of them out there from the mainstream media. If you turn the TV on right now, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, it doesn't matter which newscast I turn to right now, within five seconds, I'll hear the word Russia. But... My good friends in Appalachia, there's nothing Russia is going to do for the opiate problem that they're having, for the poverty problem that they're having, for the black lung disease that they're having. For my brothers and sisters in the ghettos, there's nothing that's going to be done to fix their, to, to give them the opportunity in those neighborhoods to work. There's nothing there that's going to give them the opportunity to live in a safe neighborhood. There's nothing that's going to make police go in there and treat them like human beings and really go after those who they need to go after and respect those who they're protecting. For those in the barrios, the same applies. So, I won't be just Russia, Russia, Russia. I'm sorry. There's a lot else happening, and to put it bluntly, 
talking solely about Russia gives them a pass, give Republicans a pass to not make things better. And then the ones who get the blame thereafter are progressives who decide that they want to simply push Russia, Russia, Russia. Because when 2018 comes along, the, the mantra will be, well, we couldn't take care of anything else because all those darn progressives wanted to speak about was Russia. And we had to take care of that. So let's not get entangled. And I hope those that are listening understand exactly what I'm trying to say here. What I will do is continue to share new information in my sphere of influence. It is important that all subscribe to investigative rags to ensure they have the resources to keep their investigations going. I rail about uh, mainstream media all the time, but I make sure to subscribe to several. I subscribe to, I mean, to, to place to people like, uh, I, I subscribe. So we are having more people complain about frozen videos. Let me, um, let me see if I can uh, go ahead and change the network for one second, my friends, and see if that, that improves anything at all. And then you guys can tell me, I think it's going to pull up a new network now. Bear with me one second. Uh, let's, let, let's get another network connected. I think. Okay. We're now on a 5G network. We're first on a cellular network. All right. Um, now, folks, go ahead and leave me messages. If you're frozen, if you can still see everything, let me know. Right now, it seems like I am on the 5G network, which now tells me I have a weak signal before I had a strong signal. Anyhow, let me know about the quality or whether it's good or not. Then I'll switch back if necessary. Anyhow, let me tell you what I personally do, my friends. I subscribe to the New York Times, the Washington Post. I also do the uh, uh, Op-Ed News, which is a blog, uh, a blog site, uh, Daily Coast. And as much as I write there, I also support it by being a, 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 a subscriber to it. So I, I think I need to change networks again because well, the 5G network is telling me that the connection is not the best, so bear with me one second. I think we're going to go back to the, the 4G network. Okay, I think we're back on the 4G network. Okay. All right. All right. Now it's back to the 4G network. Let me know, guys, if you're still having a whole lot of problems. It's on the 4G network now. It just started, so we should have a new feed going. Okay. I keep giving the information on the feed. Anyhow, it is important, folks, that we subscribe to reputable rags. The New York Times, uh, reputable 50% of the times. I don't know what the times are, but, you know, we, we remember what they did with the Iraq war. They weren't very reliable at all. But uh, LA Times, uh, subscribe to these uh, rags. Subscribe to these newspapers, okay? It is very important that we keep them alive. Um, they need to be able to investigate a lot of this, and we are going to depend on their resources to get information, and then we are going to aggregate from all these different sources so that we can give a full picture to the American citizenry. It is very important. So, like I said, I subscribe to a whole uh, bunch of them, and uh, I, I, I figure I must do my duty as far as, because, again, we are using a lot of the information that they get, Reuters as well. So, Let's, let's look into that. Anyhow, anyhow, that said, there are many other issues that directly affect us 
all, including our working class brothers and sisters that are respective of Russia's the story, their outcome remains the same. Remains the same. We will need to continue to support them. For all practical purposes, the mainstream media is unable to walk and chew gum at the same time, and that is now the job, the blogosphere. So those of us who picked up the mantra and decided to be national bloggers or local bloggers or regional bloggers, we need you because it is you who will give more visibility to stories from places like, again, Vox or places like uh, uh, Op-Ed News, who aggregates blogs from a lot of other people as well. That is how we get the dispersal of the information out there. Today, we will talk a little bit about Russia, but most importantly, we must discuss how to ensure the issues that affect middle class and poor America is not, is not placed on a waiting list. We must remember, we cannot allow the ills that's afflicting middle class America, working class America, poor America, Apalachia, the barrios, the ghettos. Those are issues that we must continue with. So what are your thoughts? Let's talk. I will also be following our um, first hashtag politics. Then right, please remember to go ahead and follow on Twitter, Egberto Willie. Give me a call. The telephone number is, and you know I always have to kind of look up the telephone number because I forget to write it down, but the telephone number is 646-929-2495. If you want to be on air, 646-929-2495. But folks, I think it is about that time. I think it is about that time I can find my, uh, my entry point for us to start talking about you know what time it is? It's time for the weekly blog post. Okay. This was inspired by Paul Krugman. And the title was of my blog is Paul Krugman or Krugman about Republicans. All those self-proclaimed patriots have gone silent. And isn't that right? <clears throat> I said I was not going to spend a lot of time writing or sharing posts on Russia because I believe the mainstream media is already hyperventilating quite a bit on the subject. But the Paul Krugman article, Judas, Tax Cuts, and the Great Betrayal, is a must-read. It does not only touch on Russia, but on the depths of failure the Republican orthodoxy has become. Krugman makes a necessary observation, a very necessary observation, the current crop of Republican policies and patriotism. He says as follows, quote, For generations, Republicans have impugned their, their opponents' patriotism. During the Cold War, they claimed that Democrats were soft on communism and, nine, and after 9-11 that they were soft on terrorism. But now we have what may be the real thing, circumstantial evidence that a hostile foreign power may have colluded with a U.S. presidential campaign and may retain undue influence at the highest level of our government and all those self-proclaimed patriots have gone silent or worse, close quote. Later, he explains the genesis of the un-Americanism of the new GOP and it goes as follows, quote, how did a whole party become so well un-American? 
For this story no, now goes far beyond Trump. What he's saying? You know, we're talking about Trump, 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 about Russia. But when we are seeing what really is happening, it's much deeper than Trump. In some ways, quote, in some ways, conservatism is returning to its roots. Much has been made of Trump's revival of the term America first. The name of a movement opposed the U.S. intervention in World War II. What isn't often mentioned is that many of the most prominent American firsters weren't just isolationists. They were actively sympathetic to foreign dictators. There's a more or less straight line from Charles Lindbergh proudly wearing the medal he received from Herman Gorn to Trump's cordial relationship with Rodrigo Duterte, the literal, literally murderous president of the Philippines. Think about that. Moving on, he says, but the more proximate issue is the transformation of the Republican Party, <coughs> which bears little, if any, resemblance to the institution it used to be. Say, during the Watergate hearings of the 1970s, back then, Republican members of Congress were citizens first, partisans second, but today GOP is more like a radical anti-democratic insurgency that, than a conventional political party. Sorry about that, folks. <coughs> Still getting over cold. Krugman ends with a really reality that wants hope. <coughs> Krugman ends with a reality that one hopes most Americans will not only appreciate, but do something about with their vote. Yes. I think Krugman may be a bit too optimistic. Now, if progressives do their jobs effectively, managing the resistance, then most people will then, we can clean house politically. <coughs> Sorry for that, guys. It's a, it, it, it was rough last week. It's getting a whole lot better now, but we must go on. Anyhow, I see my good friend John is here. Come on in, John. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Egberto. How are you doing? Just fine, my friend. Talk to me. So, so, sorry you have that cough. Hope you get better. Uh, yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let me just uh, address a couple of things. You know, we we had a conversation, obviously, about the the what you're so right on KPFT on Thursday about you know the the so-called hyperventilating. I definitely disagreed with you. Let me let me uh, let me let me start with. You know, we live in a world right now to where we really don't need to, you know, watch cable TV because of the Internet and the fact that, uh, you know, 80, I don't know, 80, 80 to 85% of people have Internet access, might, might even be higher than that now. And so, you know, people can choose and pick what they want to. And so, you know, I, I think that, that that's an important uh, thing to throw out there. Uh, you know, if if you choose to watch cable TV, I think that uh, there is a lot of Russia coverage, and I think that that's it's very important that that is on because I, I feel like you're underestimating the the impact of this because you know what Trump has done is fairly unprecedented in our history, and the fact that uh, you know right now 
we have no idea. I, I talked before about you know the the two key factors are are or the two key people are uh, uh, Rod uh, Rosenstein, who is who is the uh, assistant of, uh, of, uh, director of the FBI. I mean, I, I mean of the Justice Department, and also uh, the guy who's in charge right now, McCabe. And so I'm sure yeah. you've seen the the fact now they have four people who they want to replace, uh, possibly, uh, or three other people that they want to possibly replace McCabe with, and all of these are very strong partisans. And so essentially, you know, I mean, you said this at the end of your show, you, you felt that Trump was guilty. Uh, I, I, I personally don't know that myself, but, I mean, I think it's very important that, that we do – or uh, the the main you know everybody you know pays attention to this coverage right. because this, because it's un, unprecedented and the fact that you know this slippery slope that Trump is is going on and I mentioned this before about you know how during the the first Muslim ban how the people who worked at customs were ignoring uh, court ordered issues you know which is right. to me you know incredible and this is even worse than that. And so, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, if he Trump feels like if, if he can get away with this, you know, what what else can he get away with? And, and I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, let let's say Cornyn does go into office. I mean, Cornyn is put in, and I think that uh, some of the people who the so-called moderates in the Senate will more likely uh, have. Cornyn actually, you know, going to the FBI office as the leader of the FBI, as opposed to some of the other people, because they feel a, a, a the camaraderie with him in the mm -hmm. Senate. And at that point, you know, I, there's no doubt in my mind that this FBI investigation will be shut down. And then, you know, I mean, what will happen at that point? I mean, what what are the next steps? that Trump is going to take to make this more of an authoritarian government. And when you say stuff like, you know, this is just all about economics, you're really not putting into perspective exactly how far Trump could go. And, okay. you know, if, as, as, as far as – I want you to expand for me because I need, I need your help here, all right? Um, I personally believe that uh, there, there are limits. Okay, first of all, I don't disagree with you that this is very, very serious. I think my, my disagreement with you is how much coverage everybody should be given the Russia issue at the expense of everything else. That is where I think we really differ. And so my question to you is, what do you think? Let, let me give an example. If I go to NY Times right now, okay, if I go to the New York Times right now, the very first story is a cybersecurity attack. Then the UK story, the UK attack. But everything, if you look at a, you, you look down the road, you see Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, today actually it looks a bit better because they have a lot of other issues covered on the New York Times front page. But earlier in the week, I went to the front page and the, every story was Russia. The, every of the first stories were Russia. And what I found is that, that what, what that is going to do to a whole lot of people is going to turn some off because, you know, they don't see, we have to, yes, we have to give them the reason why the Russia story is important. I think I've done that. I think many other people, I think you've done that, also can't give them a pass to not talk other 
issues. Yes, this is serious, but it is not the only serious issue that Trump is sailing on. Trump is sailing like the three examples I gave on Thursday. I mean, the, the three examples with healthcare and 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 today, or rather yesterday, the example that I gave with uh, the change in the law, the executive order that that uh, that Sessions is putting out there that says, okay, we're going to start back again, putting the full force of the government behind people who use drugs. In effect, what that means is a new path of citizens going towards the, the, the prison industrial complex. I, I put that story out. Several other people put that story out. MSNBC did a 30-second thing on it. That's what I'm talking about. There's a lot of other things that are happening. No, I agree with you, and I and but I mean, if you go to the New York Times, you don't have to click on those Russia stories if you're not interested. You you click on what you want to. In, I mean, I know, you, I know, you are so right, John. You're right, but here's the problem. Everybody is not politically savvy as you are, and when I'm trying to speak to an audience, I am I I I enjoy having the interaction with you as a political buff, because we can go at it from a political standpoint, but we have to extend our tentacles to people who, uh, I don't, I, I think it's kind of derogatory to call people low information, you know, voters or whatever, but people who see the first thing and click, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, when I write stories, sometimes I give it a headline, a headline that I know is clickbait. I confess it, folks. Some headlines I give because I really, really want the story to be read. If I don't do that, they don't read it. You see, do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. You know, so and oh. so what I'm what I'm saying is, there are two audiences that we're talking about, and the audience I'm talking about, where I don't want to hit up a whole lot of Russia on, is not you, because you you know you know the material, you understand the intricacies, but the other people, and not only that, you're going to keep your eye on the ball on. uh, Medicaid uh, destruction and all of that. But the average American citizen that they're listening, they're going to be like, uh, oh, Russia. Russia must be very important because the New York Times, everything is there on on Russia. If we go to Vox, everything is on Russia. If we go here, everything is on Russia. And then suddenly they forget what's important. And then comes election time in 2018. And the question comes around, what has this government done for me? And I hate to say done for me. What progress have they made from a policy standpoint? And then what do we get? Oh, well, we were so concerned about about Russia. What what happened with healthcare? What are the little little things that Tom Price did that didn't get any coverage so we couldn't go out in the streets and raise hell about? That is my concern. But come on in, John. Okay, so so there there are two two things that I want to address as far as that. Yes. Uh, One is... Uh, well, let me let me address the, the thing that, that you said on Thursday after after we had our conversation. You had a guy who was very like pro Assad. You know, I was like waiting for him to, to come up with the uh, pro uh, Kim Jong Un <laughs> affiliation <laughs> next. So, but that, John, before you finish that, when he was speaking, the only person on my mind then was you because when I when I I remember when I used to post some of. Uh, the reporter that broke the Watergate story, uh, he, he's re- fairly, he, he's not pro-Russia, but he's fairly ag- agnostic when it speaks to 
the Russia-America relationship. I remember how you took that. So I said, I can imagine what you're thinking at that point. Go on. Right, right. I mean, first he started talking about, you know, how we've been, you know, antagonizing the Russians since 1917 and like, you know, Russia antagonized a lot of countries that they took over in World War II, you know, about the eight countries. And so, you know, I, I mean, you know, it's we have a different we had a different philosophy than the Soviet Union and, and we were at odds, you know, obviously, uh, right. you know, so. So then he started going to the pro-Assad stuff. But one, the, the point that you made after that was you were saying that uh, you know they're oligarchs and all oligarchs are you know will have tea together and you know they'll they'll laugh about it and all of that. Uh, I, I think that there is a distinct difference because you know you really can't be an oligarch in Russia without having uh, strong ties to, to Putin. I mean, that's why they have all that's why all the Russian peop, oligarchs want to have all their money, you know, put somewhere else. They have all these shell companies all over the world. And 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 so I think that is essentially you're you're underestimating what actually goes on in Russia, the the level of corruption, the level of human rights abuse to where here in America, you know, it's it's very unfortunate that people like the Walton family, the people like the Koch brothers and Sheldon Adelson and the Mercers and all this have accumulated all their wealth, you know, because, you know, we should have a system where they're, they, they shouldn't be able to accumulate that much wealth because the tax rate should be higher for people in that in that strata. But unfortunately, right. we don't have a population that has come to that conclusion yet. And so, so that's what I think both of us are working on. But I think right. that there is a fundamental difference between, uh, I mean, between all, you know, our oligarchs and our, our plutocrats and their oligarchs. You know, they're, they're, because in Russia, you cannot – you cannot have money in, in, unless you are uh, unless you have a relationship with Putin, unless you're pro-Putin, and people are terrified that they're going to lose their money if Putin, because this has happened, you know, uh, you know, to thousands of people. They've been put in jail. They've been killed. Journalists have been killed. There is no. There's very little free press. Even if you have uh, a, a a protest. You know, you're, you're going to be arrested. It just happened yesterday. Young people right, want political know, freedom I there. I don't want to dispute that because that is a fact. We have a strong man in, 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 in Putin, and Trump would love to be a, an American Putin right here. I, I agree with, with that. I think our system of government has more checks and balances that if we can get away from partisanship actually works, right? In other words, the only reason that uh, Trump could become a strong man is that the Republican Party believes that uh, it is in their interest to work with him. I think I heard somebody say the most important thing, and I think it was the, um, uh, the congressman yesterday on Bill Maher, where he said that the Republicans are just, ha- and I actually mentioned it in a blog as well, uh, the blog on, on, on Thursday, Republicans are just hanging with him to get their tax cut to get, they just need his right hand to sign these, these bills. And then they, they don't have a problem throwing him to the curb. They really don't have a problem. So, I mean, they'll accept a whole lot of things. But I think in the long run, checks and balances come back with Trump. 
And that is one of the, uh, I mean, come back, come back and bite Trump. I don't think it is in our psyche to have a strong man. I honestly don't believe it's in our psyche to have that. It is in our psyche for the middle class and the poor to somehow believe that the rich, the plutocrats somehow deserve it. And that is what your job, my job, everybody that's listening here, it is our job to let them know that we all have the same worth. We, same ha- we all have the same possibilities and that nobody is worth, to put it, I don't think any, anybody is worth a billion dollars, several billion dollars. We have to remember every piece of money accumulated in this economy. You can have all that stuff I need to. Just a second. For a second. I, I, I used to write software for a living and I made a lot of money. You're breaking up, Igberto. Okay, I'm sorry. Is it any better right now? Any better? Yeah, it's still breaking yeah. up. Okay, I don't know why that would be the problem there, but I'll try to change the network a little bit. Um, but, folks, here's the issue. Like I said, I made money writing software. I sold my software to other people. Is this a breakup, John? Yeah. Yeah. the law. 
oligarchs behave the same overseas. Yeah. And, uh, but, go ahead. Okay, but but the problem is is that you know they have to. They have to essentially appease themselves to the government, and this is when you talk about other, you know, governments that aren't democratic. You know, right. they they have to they have to essentially kiss up to those people, or or be in alignment with those people, or they won't be able to keep their wealth. Okay, sure. to where in America, you know, essentially, you know, we could have an election. Uh, you know, in 2020, where let's say Bernie Sanders and some, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen. Of course, I want it to happen, but I mean, you know, to where, to where, you know, we we could have an election to where, you know, we could change so much, and we have changed so much. But but a lot of people in these other countries that are run, you know, by dictators, by kleptocrats, by authoritarians, they don't have that option. And so we, you know, we should really be appreciate that we do have that option. We can tax the hell out of these people. We can tax the hell out of the Walton family. We can tax the hell out of, uh, you know, the Koch brothers and all these people. We've just chosen as a society not to do that. And so that's that's the major difference. And as far as Russia, the big story. I mean, Russia is just a, an an. You know, a parallel story to the bigger story this week. The bigger story this week is that Trump took an authoritarian uh, tact to to actually fire the person that was investigating his campaign, and that is, you know, I mean, people can make cases, and you hear more Democrats talking about impeachment all the time. That, that that was uh, obstruction of justice in itself, that what he did was obstruction of justice. Firing the person investigating him was obstruction of justice. And so, you know, I, I just hope that, that people, you know, uh, will, will continue to, to, to do, you know, follow the Russian story. It is extremely important. But I do agree with you that these other stories are important too. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying you know Russia 100%. Let's 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 look at you know some like uh, like Maddow. You know, I think every story she did last night was on Russia. Now Chris Hayes, I think it was just the the A block he did was on Russia. You know, he did stories, and one of them one of them you put up on your blog about uh, Sessions, which you were talking about before. Uh, and you know, and th- those are very important stories. We had a kid that was killed, a 15-year-old kid in Dallas that was killed, yeah. you know, black kid, and you know that that probably didn't get the coverage that it, it deserved. But I mean, it did get some coverage on cable news because I watched it, you know, mm-hmm. to to some degree. It should have gotten more coverage, you know. Uh, right. So so I'm not totally disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, you know, people have choices. People don't have to watch cable news if they don't want to. People can click on the internet. They can put whatever they want into their search engine and get news information about whatever they want. And so, you know, so that's important. Let's listen to what John said to you, but listen to what John has to say. That's an important concept. Go out there and search for alternative news. That is why I aggregate news as well. Right? That is why, because again, for those folks that are in my sphere, they will get a look at the stuff that interests folks like us and, 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 and hopefully share it. Like I'm asking all the folks to share these types of videos, these types of programs as well. But that is what's important, having 
to make sure of this thing. I am not going to forget about Russia. I mean, if something happens that isn't repetitious again, uh, I will go ahead and write a new story about it. And not only write a new story, reference the old story so that people can know the chronology of what's going on. But at the same time, we're going to talk, continue talking about health. You know what? And I, and I mentioned in the beginning of the show that what, something else that I was going to talk about, and back to healthcare again. Uh, Aetna, I think, is pulling out of, of the, the um, Aetna is completely pulling out of the marketplace, if I recall correctly. And uh, what is sad about that is I think it is really a play by the insurance companies to force the hand of a lot of people want to say it supports the hands of the Republicans. It's not. It supports the hands of the Democrats. In other words, what these guys are starting to smell is the ability to not have to cover sick people and the ability to sell junk insurance that make them a lot of money. That is what's in the up and right now. That is what, when you start to watch these, these, um, these insurance companies pull out, that is what we're talking about. When it, what concerned me again with, let's say, the Russia story taking so much, uh, taking so much visibility right now, is that a lot of people didn't hear about Aetna. A lot of people didn't hear about the rate hikes that are occurring in several uh, locations. And yes, as long as subsidies are there, the rate hike won't be as large for many people. But for those who are paying it all on their own, the rate hikes are going to be huge, right? It is time for us to start priming Americans to, re- to realize that these rate hikes are going to be occurring, not because of any intrinsic flaw within Obamacare, but because of the sabotage that is happening by Tom Price and Donald Trump on the healthcare system. They can go ahead and pass laws to help the insurance, given that they want private insurance companies right now, they can pass laws to have the government help these insurance companies in areas that need help to keep the prices stable. Ultimately, yes, we want to have the only solution that, that's possible, which is some sort of a Medicare for all universal healthcare system, single payer system. But, but what they will try to use the increased prices, the, the uh, drop, the falling out, or rather insurance companies dropping the marketplaces, They are going to try to use that. They are trying to use that to say we must change into a more free market insurance policy. As Ali Velshi said, and you can look on search for Ali Velshi free market healthcare on my blog site, egbertowillies.com. Ali Velshi made the case exactly right. There is no there is no industrialized country or other or any country on this planet who uses free market healthcare successfully and cover all their citizens. There's none. We have free market. America is not the only free market country. And I hate saying free market. Capitalist market is what I want to say. We have no darn free market. Uh, there's no capitalist country. None. Zilch. Zero that has been successful in having the free market take over their health care. Americans need, to, need to, to, to know that. In my post on Daily Coast on Sunday, I think it drops at 8.30 p.m., one of the things I point out is what we should be doing, and I think you heard this on, on Thursday, John, 
what we should be doing is going to all these countries and getting their stories. That's what reporters do. Our reporters should be going to these countries and getting these real, real stories about the healthcare all around the world and come and present it to American citizens. You can find it piece by piece on the internet. I would like to see more stories about the comparative analysis of these different countries that are using single pair, uh, a mixture of single pair with private to add, add value to whatever they want to do so that Americans can see the kinds of choices that they have and that they've been lied to that somehow the free market is going to make it better. Free market doesn't make healthcare better. You know why? Because once you're sick, you're damaged goods. Once you show the propensity to get sick, you are a damaged good. And the reality is insurance companies want to run away from you because you are no longer a profit center. That is all that matters in a free market health insurance. That's all that really matters. Folks, if you want to get a quick call in, our number is 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. John, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, uh, okay. I mean, y- you know I'm a big proponent of single payer also, but I've also done, you know, tons of research on the European system. In fact, I was just on looking at the VAT taxes, you know, right. after I spoke to you on Thursday. And so, you know, here's what we'll find. I mean, I, I know Ali Velshi says that, and I know Bernie says that, you know, how much respect I have for Bernie. But, I mean, the truth is, you know, within within the last 15 years, the Dutch system and the Swiss system has gone back into more of a free market attitude, right. you know. I mean, it, but, I mean, it's, it's much more – it's – like the ACA, and that you can't be discriminated against if you have pre-existing conditions. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's essentially, you know, similar, and the, the subsidies are also better, and so you will pay less, but you still pay more, you know, per capita than any other country in Europe. Right. And so, you well, know, so I mean, the, I want to correct something that you're saying here because we have to remember why these countries run back to a free market or, or try to in, institute a little bit more free market in, in these issues. I, I, uh, one of our, one of the uh, people at KPFT is from the Netherlands and we went over this to some extent. Um, the problem is America is out there trying to sell. America is out there continuously. And then there are the American protégés within every country. There's a right wing within every country. There are the ultra capitalists within every country that they would like to, because healthcare is a huge market where a lot of profits can be made. You and I believe that profits shouldn't be made in paying a bill, but these people see that profits can be made in paying a bill. And they will try to do the same thing that's been done in America, the Paul Manifesto, to go ahead and indoctrinate folks into believing that somehow it can work. It cannot. The mathematics are absolute. So my thing is, yes, you're right that some of these countries, after they've had problems with their costs increasing and not wanting to increase taxes, the quickest thing they say then is free market. They did, and the same applies to transportation systems in, uh, in several European cities. They somehow believe that going with the free markets as opposed to otherwise would make service better. And, and what ultimately always happens in these countries is when they relegate their, their, their public transport to free markets, it fails or it's, it, it, it's not as, as efficient. The same occurs with healthcare. These are facts that we cannot allow 
marketeers to use selective data to tell you it is not true. Go ahead, John. Okay, but I mean, it, I, no, I agree with you, and I mean, I agree. You know, I mean, we're in agreement that single payer is. I think one of the the the, the disagreements that we have is that you know. The, the countries that have single payer have this value added tax, which yeah. is essentially, uh, you know, in, in the Scandinavian countries. I mean, it's there's all kinds of variations also within this. In other words, like if you're in a lot of countries, if you're paying for food, that's not taxed. It is a higher rate. Is like less is if you're buying a luxury car. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But I mean, in right. general, the, the the VAT tax in Scandinavian countries is about 25 percent. Now, in, right. on average, it's about you know eight to nine percent in most states, and so essentially, you're paying uh, you know twice, uh, three, three times as much every time you purchase something. And like I said, there are variations for each country and for each thing that they say you know certain items should be taxed at a lower rate on the VAT scale. But I mean, the fact is, is that you know. You have to pay for this system, and I just think that that's not being talked about enough by the left, and I, I, and I just hope that eventually we will do that because, I mean – I think we have to. We have to because what, what – if, if you remember – I don't know if you remember the blog post that I read on, on Thursday. What I said is we have – one of the reasons I want reporters in other countries, I want reporters in other countries where there are these very high VAT taxes to come out and give the reasons why, and not only that, but to also do the mathematical analysis. In other words, oh my God, I'm buying uh, these different products and I'm hit with a 25% tax. And then at the end of the month, uh, you have to remember that, uh, well, uh, it's now time for my insurance premium, which costs me $1,500 a month. It is also now time for me to take my kid to the doctor, which has a copay of $30. And it's now my time to go ahead and buy my drug which is X, Y, Z, and then tell folks, add all of that up, add your 25% back, and then realize, oh, my God, do you mean I, even though I'm paying a 25% uh, increase uh, Delta tax, I still have more expendable income? And what we have is that people are not making the case, and you are absolutely right about saying that progressives need to tell the story, because they can't tell the story that Single payer is great and it's going to cost you nothing. Single payer also has winners and losers. And for those people on, on Medicaid, uh, uh, on Medicaid, they are sort of uh, the, the ones who uh, made a little bit of money. Hey, they're, when they've shot, they're going to have an extra charge for those people. But now everybody will feel that they have skin in the game. But I hear what you're saying, my friend. Go ahead. Yeah, also, you know, uh when you were talking about Aetna pulling out of the markets, I mean, they're completely out. They pulled out of the markets in uh, in Virginia and Delaware. And so, mm-hmm. so here's an, here's a, I'll give, give a couple paragraphs here. It says, uh, this is talking about, uh, it's the, the name of the quote. It says, uh, nobody's asking, but what if the GLP can't uh, get health care passed? And I, and I, you know, I agree. Everybody should try to, to make sure that doesn't happen. It says the point here is, is an excellent choice that a few months from now there will be no new health care legislation ready to go on Trump's desk. And if that happens, America could face a tremendous crisis in the health care market because while lawmakers have been trying to hammer out a new structure for the insurance market, they've been largely ignoring the collapse of one that we already have. Uh, on Monday, health insurance in Connecticut pulled out 
uh, announced that they would seek uh, major premium increases in 2018. On average, individual plans sold through the ACA Health Insurance Exchange would see premiums go up between 15 15.2% to 33.8, and the top-level plans would leap from 19 to 52%. So this is a combination. This is what's happening right now, and we've spoken about this. We've, been, we've both been on this sabotage beat, and, and I'm gonna, we're both going to continue this. This is, this is what's going on. Some of these markets, there's just not going to be an ACA for people to get insurance. It, Give me yeah, a and, and some, so there's going to be a massive increase. So anyway, uh, you know, I enjoyed the conversation. Always enjoy the conversation with you. Uh, so uh, just just keep it up. We're going to keep talking about this sabotage because that's extremely important. Keep the pressure on. Uh, I think this is actually going to be a benefit, all of this Trump authoritarianism, just like in 74 when Nixon resigned, Democrats right. gained a lot of seats. And also the Quinnipiac poll that came out uh, on Thursday, 16-point lead Democrats over Republicans in the generic poll. Some of the other ones wow. just had five-point leads, but that was a 16-point lead, and I think that's strictly because of health care. I didn't see that one. Look, thank you so kindly for being with us, John. Folks, thank you so kindly for listening to the program. Please do remember to share these programs because, again, this is how we're going to get our message out. This is how we're going to engage people and bring them into the fold so that we can do the things that are necessary to support the middle class, the working class, everybody else. This is Politics Done Right. You guys have a wonderful rest of the weekend. Stay safe. Happy Mother's Day.